Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Slatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independent artists thinkers. Great to have you with us. This is Tracy Slatten, hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers. I'm so happy to welcome you to the show. We've got a great, awesome, amazing show lined up for you today. I'm really happy and humbled that so many people are listening to the show live and in the archives and in the iTunes podcast channel. So thanks for tuning in, and I hope you're enjoying the program. I created this show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures of the big established corporations. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. I am interested in creativity, fresh ideas, unusual perspectives, and originality. And this show aims to bring you models of people who embody those qualities. Please call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers. And uh, the, li- the chat room is open. So if you're, in, on, if you're listening, log on if you can and ask questions. Email me in between shows if you'd like to suggest a guest or if you'd like me to have, um, ask questions of a particular guest. You can reach me at Tracy at tracylslatin.com and at Tracy spelled T-R-A-C-I. In the coming weeks, some fascinating guests are coming on. Next week, on Tuesday, December 29th, so it's another special day for independent artists and thinkers because of the holidays, rising star singer and songwriter Madeline Victoria will be on to talk about writing country music. Very exciting. On January 7th, which is a Thursday, back to our normal day and time, Canadian pop star Billy Grima will be on. So we'll have a run of musicians on independent artists and thinkers, which I think is kind of cool. On Thursday, January 28th, attorney Stuart Gartner will be on talking about divorce and the battlefield of love. And unfortunately, sometimes that happens to relationships. Um, and other, I've got other guests who are confirming now. So tune in and keep checking the website, independentartistthinkers.com, and the Blog Talk Radio page to find out who will be on the show. I am so happy today to have musician Christabel of the Australian group Kinder Jazz on to talk about unlocking your child's genius by exposing them to the right kinds of music. Um, so I'll read a little bit about Kinder Jazz. Whether you're looking for ways to stimulate a developing young ma- mind, 
you'd like to introduce children to the pleasures of music or you just want your kids to have fun, you'll find Kinder Jazz's collection of blues, Latin, ragtime jazz, and swing music is perfect for girls and boys under the age of 12. This one-of-a-kind swing band for children has performed in some of the most prestigious venues in the world, and their recorded music is specifically written to engage young children while simultaneously appealing to adults of all ages. Parents love it because it's jazz and it's educational in a fun way. Grandparents love it because it takes them back. Children love the rhythms and enjoy the instruments. Kinder Jazz is a 12-piece, fully acoustic swing orchestra featuring some of the best musicians in Australia. They have opened Manly Jazz Festival in 1998 and since then have performed at the Sydney Opera House, Daring Harbor, the Teddy Bears Picnic at Parramatta Stadium to more than 10,000 families, Carols in the Domain 2000 on Channel 7, Stadium Australia, and many major venues around Australia. We are passionately committed to bringing the magical world of music and its instruments to children of all ages. And we're speaking today to Dr. Christabel Llewellyn, who is a professional pianist, conductor, and music educator, consultant to HSC Music Students, the Sydney Opera House, Baby Proms, and the City of Sydney. She herself was mentored by great musicians, namely Isadora Isadora Goodman and Leonard Bernstein. Any wonder she has a burning desire to pass her knowledge on. Christabel firmly believes that all children should have the opportunity of learning music from birth, and Kinder Jazz was created to achieve this aim. Not only does she run her own vibrant home studio, she also manages two orchestras. Her husband, David Llewellyn, is the extremely talented composer and lyricist for Kinder Jazz. Christabel is a keen supporter of live music and provides work for a number of top artists in Sydney. Her particular study has been in music education and its effect on children, and she's a sought-after speaker in this field. She has produced all seven Kinder Jazz CDs, the latest of which was recorded in December 2014. In 2010, the collaboration with Putumayo Kids Jazz Playground won the Parents' Choice Gold Award in Australia. Very cool. Christabel has an interest in working with children in the autistic spectrum, and she'll be starting Sydney's first special needs choir in 2016. To add to this busy schedule, she appears on radio and TV, expanding the many benefits of musical education, and she's currently involved in developing both a live children's TV series and a feature-length film, including the fabulous Kinder Jazz Band. Most recently, she won Australian Citizen of the Year 2012 for outstanding service to music education in Australia. You can find out more about Christabel and Kinder Jazz at www.kinderjazz.com. So, Christabel, welcome and thank you for being on this show. Thank you, Tracy. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. I just want to say for our listeners that you are in Sydney and it's, uh, what, about five in the morning there? Yes, yes, it is. And you said it's summer, um, so it's beautiful, so I'm glad, and I really appreciate you getting up so early. I mean, it's not even, it's the crack of dawn for you, so thank you for getting up and <laughs> talking to us. <laughs> so we'll get started with you, and then we'll move on to hear more about kinder jazz. So this is a question sure. that I usually begin um, with my guests, and that is, tell us how you got started. How did you begin your journey, and what has it taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently? What training did you have? When did you know you were going to be involved in jazz and music for children and musical education? Was music a major presence in your home when you were growing up? What did you think you would be? I know it's a big question. Some of my guests have been kind of like, ah, but um, just start early. Start with your childhood and lead up till now. 
It's, it's an excellent question. Uh, we, well, it's a collaborative um, process, and, and David Llewellyn, my husband, who's, who's a composer and lyricist, um, is really um, you know the heart of Kinder Jazz. It's all his music and all his, his words. But what, what really started Kinder Jazz was a response to what we were searching for um, we were searching for live musical performances for, for our children when we had children. And um, back in you know the 90s, they didn't have all of these mums and babies um, you know, programs. They didn't have um, live music, really. We went to you know, a children's show, and it was a backing tape. There was every, everything was mimed, and, and the music was really dumbed down, and... And our, our eldest daughter Stephanie couldn't actually stay in the room. She she was she had her hands over her ears and she wanted to run out. And I'm thinking, but this is you know it was advertised as a live music show, and and children under five weren't allowed into the opera or um, the symphony. It was it was really hard to take children to live music, and and we really wanted that because we were both professional musicians and. And you know, any any parent wants to share their culture, share their experiences as 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 children with their children, and and really, we we wanted that desperately for our children and their generation. We realised that their generation was missing out on real music, mm. and um, that's how you know the idea of kinder jazz was born. We we. We looked at you know classical music, and we've got we've got this wonderful program called the Baby Proms, where where children can come to the opera house and um, hear it, you know twelve, thirteen piece orchestras um, taken from the opera orchestra, and um, they they put on classical shows, but um, that wasn't really accessible to everybody mm-hmm. due to the cost due to the location. Um we we really wanted to, and and also not every every child, you know, takes to classical music unless there's a background for it. Um but we we found that with jazz there 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 you know, there's a beat, first of all, and, and that fresh improvisation um, you know, that you have with jazz really more than anything nurtures a small child's curiosity. And just challenges them you know to with their imagination their creativity it's it's a rich experience and and because it's live it's a physical experience you know you you feel the sound right in front of your eyes um the the our backgrounds are both um you know we went to college we, mm-hmm. we studied music this this is this is our life um and did you, you know, grow- we made it our careers did you grow up in a musical family? Did you always know you wanted Definitely. to be a musician? Um, my parents weren't musicians, but but we had a lot of music in the house. Everybody played an instrument, and and really that was um, that was just part of it. You know, we we it's, it was a normal part of our education. We we had live music everywhere, and um, it was the sixties. You know, mm-hmm. um, Beatles. Just every everything was live. Mm-hmm. You know, you would never pay for for um, a show that was that was mimed. Never. Mm. And how did you meet David? 
I met him in London, actually. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with music. He was he was on holidays and um, from uni, and he just knocked on my door because he was selling. Um, you know, he was doing this marketing thing, and and it was just by chance that we met. And so he came in to sell you a product, and then you you fell to talking, and you both discovered you your music. Yes, it was it was one of those products called the Gold Cards, where 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 you had this discount card, and you could go to you know a number of restaurants and and shows and stuff if you bought this card, and you'd you'd get you know percentage discount or two for one or whatever um, for the whole year. I I did, I wasn't interested in the card, but I was definitely interested in him. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> so he literally walked into my life. Oh, that's that sounds like fate or something. <laughs> so you guys got together. You had come from this musical family. And what instruments do you play? I play piano, and I did um, singing as well as as my second instrument. But um, David played trumpet, and um, he went. You know, he he was very gifted earlier on in in music and he really didn't write music until we had children you know that all of that didn't come out it was it was obviously there but it it didn't come out until we had children and and that was really the inspiration for him so you have how many children together we have three. The youngest one's 21, and the oldest one's actually today's her birthday, and, and she's 24 oh, today. Happy birthday to her. That's <laughs> nice. So, um, so they were they're little kids, and you guys take them. You say, "Let's go hear some music." We love music. We're both musicians, and you take them. And this show is mimed. It's not at all live. It's what pre-recorded kind of thing. Yes. And you, and you, and David are sitting there saying, "What is this? What is going on?" And your That's daughter right. wants to run out, it, and she's she's bored basically. She's not at all engaged. Well, she was used to you know climbing over instruments and having you know we had professional musicians in our house. She had grown up from utero um, with 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 you know real music, and and it was very hard for her to listen to you know in inverted commas children's music. Um, because she had the real thing, and I, I think that's the whole genesis of Kinder Jazz. We wanted children, all children to hear the real thing. You know, we didn't want them to have it processed. You know, it's like giving kids processed food. We want we wanted something organic that was real. So, what was your conversation with David like? You know, as you were going home from the concert and that day and that night, what what did you guys say to each other in this moment that Kinder we Jazz just- was? sort of being born, being conceived. We were really um shocked, you know, that this existed and, and that so many people were accepting this kind of thing. Um and and thinking that this was all right. I, obviously, you know, a lot of the shows were connected to T V shows and um that was the other thing. You know, everything was visual. Um not so much. You know, there was not so much um, emphasis on the sound, and I know, you know, Dr. Alfred Tomatis, who was a French Parisian 
um, EMT specialist in in during World War Two. He used to have a look at um, a fetus um, in the womb. He, I'm and sorry. He, he found he, out. You, Christabel, you cut out. He used what? He used fiber optic cameras to have a look at a fetus in the womb, and he found that you know we could hear at day 45. Wow. In utero. And and we were you know kids these these fetuses were responding to sound and and we now know that that the auditory system is the first part of the brain that's fully formed and and we don't see till till after we're born like seven and a half months later so it's really really important that babies absorb you know the sounds and rhythms of their native language from as early as you know twenty weeks. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you, when yeah, children parents... don't begin to speak until sometime near their first year, or you know they don't speak in full sentences until they're about two or three, and even that's like two or three words. Um, they they're not reading and writing until five or six, and and we're so you know the education department. I'm sure it's the same in the U.S. They're so worried about numeracy and literacy, but it all happens in the womb, and it and really it all happens with a strong oral foundation, you know, comprised of multisensory experiences while while you know, in in utero in the first year year of their life. It's so important sound. And and that's why I, I believe, you know, the ears are closed. They don't close for a reason. It's it's our it's almost like a survival instinct. And so do you encourage, like when parents talk to you, if, if the woman, the mom is pregnant, do you encourage her to play a lot of music while she's pregnant? I do. I, I encourage them to play a lot of complex music. You know, not, not um, obviously, you know, children can hear in the womb and you think of them, I, I, I strongly urge don't put earphones on your belly when you're pregnant because it's very very loud in there mm. and it could could damage their their hearing um they can hear perfectly well you don't have to do anything else um they they can just hear um as they are in the womb it's it's because they're in water it's it's i, I guess it's amplified through through bone conduction but um it's interesting that that's the first part of the brain that's fully formed, and everything else forms later. So, so you know, our auditory system is, is connected to the central nervous system. All our all our feelings, all our chemicals in our body are connected to that auditory process, and and it's it's there for life. You know, um, you you lose. It's not so much the hearing; it's actually the processing of the sound. Um, that's that's so much so important. Mm-hmm. And that's you know the health of that auditory processor is so important to everything that we do. And I find you know I I love working with special needs kids, and I find that they you know music's no barrier to them. Mm-hmm. They get it. They you know every child gets it. I, I I firmly believe that every child is magnificent, and we don't need to dumb it down to them. We we can just um introduce you know play to their magnificence. That's so beautiful that we can play to their magnificence. That's amazing. And what is what's some of the music that you recommend playing for children? 
besides the kinder jazz music, what's some of who are some <laughs> you like? I, I think a lot of classical music is great because they have those higher frequencies and and a wider range. Um, I I think you know music has to have rhythm and, and harmony and melody and um, all all the all the good stuff. Um, children's brains hate to be bored, and what happens is when when they're bored, you, you know, it's and it's again, it's a survival instinct. Your their brains shut off when mm. they're bored, mm-hmm. so it's actually dangerous to to play them, you know, um, stuff that's you know, I'm I'm not against pop music. It's there, there's really good pop music, but a lot of it is you know. Two notes repeated every eight bars, or something like that, with a lot of production. There's there's not a lot of music in it, mm-hmm. um, and and it I I believe that it, you know children's brains shut off, and and that's that's a huge problem. You know we're so involved in in the visual. Every child's got got a screen these days, you know, and I and I think we. With with screens, you've got icon recognition and hand and eye coordination. That's not mm-hmm. a big part of your brain that's that's working, and we need to use our brains in order for the the brain to grow. And and music is a multi sensory experience. Live music is a multi sensory experience. Learning an instrument is so it uses all all parts of us. You know, sight, mm-hmm. taste, touch, smell, not just visual. So. Um, it's it's kind of balancing you even more in this day and age where where we're on screens. Yeah, my husband and I try. You know, we re- work really hard to keep our daughter off of screens, and she does have a phone, a smartphone, because she does some after school activities. And I want her to be able to connect with me and say I've arrived. I'm en route home. That kind of thing. But we're constantly having to say to her, turn off your phone, put it down, get a book, you know, listen to music. It's really hard for parents these days because, um, you know, the smartphones are just brilliant. You know, they're, they're entertaining, and and you know, it's 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 almost addictive to to watch something or play a game. But as you say, you know, we need to be even more vigilant. And, and provide those other experiences so that, you know, their brain can grow. Well, tell us some about Kinder Jazz. Um, what are some of the highlights? What's upcoming? What are some of the results? What's some of the feedback you've had about Kinder Jazz? I think, the mo- you know, children absolutely love this band. They've just taken to it um, with such passion, and it's wonderful to see. We, we were at the Opera House. Um, once and there were a whole row of you know, four and five year old boys right wow. off the front, and they stood in front of um, the horn section and and they closed their eyes while the horns were playing, and and they put their hands out in front of their faces, and you know, open and and they were they were actually feeling the music with their entire bodies. It was just mm-hmm. beautiful <laughs> because because you know. It, Music's physical. Mm-hmm. Those horns hit, hit you in the face with their music. Right, that's true. You feel and, it in your breastbone. You feel it in your skin. Yeah, it goes bones. It, you know, every part of you is moved by music. Mm-hmm. And sound wave is physical. 
So, um, yeah, it, it was really lovely to see. Another time, and, and this was, you know, all-time favorite part of kinder jazz, and, and this is the reason why I say unlock your child's genius. You know, every child has is a genius, I believe, and, and given the right emotional experiences, and, and this is this is why kinder jazz works. Music is emotion, and children only learn through emotion. They don't learn through their intellect. You know, we're, we're so obsessed with having IQ tests and, and and comparisons of, you know, this child is better than this child. And there's no such thing um, because IQ has no um, part of, you know, it doesn't show your potential in any way. Um, there are so you know, many other... It, it's interesting you say that because, you know, my we're in Manhattan and it's very competitive to get into the good private schools and there's yes. a test that the kids take called the Educational Record Bureau's test, the ERB. Parents will say, oh, my daughter took the ERB. And a woman who now, I don't want to say who she is, but she now runs an early childhood center, very prestigious one at one of the big private schools, said to me, um, they've shown that it's a better indicator of success if you say to a four-year-old, do you want one cookie now or two cookies later? That yes. If a kid says two cookies later, that's actually a better indicator of success than the ERB. But we don't think that way, and I think we're over-testing our kids personally. I think so. If, if, if that, that's actually a Cal Wick um, test from Stanford University. You know, that, that ability to delay gratification is, is so good for children um because we we're you know they're entitled these days they, they everything's given to them um there's there's no need to put in any effort and and really you know even even with kindergartens like some we we're so um with creativity we're so focused on the epiphany of you know that aha moment of like wow i suddenly thought of this but it's actually that's only half of the you know the idea it it comes as a response, mm-hmm. and the response is always, you know, uh, something's happened before that to actually give you that idea. Uh, idea happens, uh, and and the thing that gives you the idea is is a lack or something that's not right that you want to fix, and and really, you know, that that's what happened with us. I'm sure it happened with Steve Jobs or you know, Bill Gates or. Mm-hmm. Whoever you know has created something, not that we're in any way in that league, but it's the same process. Well, and also the and, and the ch- children. I mean, you talk about the in- entitled. I just I find there's a whole generation of very entitled kids out there, you know, which is a little scary because e- they've been told that everything they do is wonderful. There are sports leagues where everybody wins, so they're not learning the value of competition. They're not learning how to be gracious losers and how to be gracious winners. And they're not learning how to go 110%, give everything, still lose, or how to go 100%, give everything, and then win and learn how to do it with dignity. And they're not learning about the dailiness, that the daily grind of practicing every single day for X number of hours is how you eventually get, you prepare yourself for an epiphany or you prepare yourself for creativity. Yes, yes, you've you've really hit on on the truth here. Um, It's so important to to not um, do everything for your children. They they really need... um, 
to to learn themselves and and it's just um yeah it it music does that learning an instrument does that you know where where else do you get something where you have to put in effort every single day our musicians are just amazing you know they're the best of the best at, and they get up at 5 or 6 in the morning and practice even even though they're playing every day because it's their passion and and I think every child needs to find their passion. We, the reason that we you know we have so many instruments and it's a big band is we want them to experience the whole orchestra. There's we put in like ten children in front of the band and we ask them what's your favorite instrument, and you wouldn't believe every single one. They said ten different instruments. Wow. And and you know it's a relationship that live live music, you know we they we we teach them in some way and they're teaching us. We're all you know most of us are parents now and and mm-hmm. we've grown up with with us each other's families. We've been together since 1997. Um, wow, it's really lovely. It's really lovely. Um, you know, it's this tell, family, tell but about- at the same time. Tell us about Kinder Jazz's very first concert, like the first time you and Kinder Jazz went out to play live. How did that go? Tell us about the very first one. We, we did, um, a, um, it was a show at a local church hall, and it was for um, our play group. You know, we had about 20 families that came, you know, it was a more like a Friday morning, I think it was, and mm-hmm. um, we thought, well, we'll put on a show for just the play group. And um, David had arranged all this music, and and you know, we we called some great musicians, and and um, they agreed to do the show. We didn't even have a name for the band. Um, this was just, you know, let's let's have a live show for kids. Mm-hmm. And at the at the time it was a ten piece, and um, two hundred and fifty people turned up. Wow! <laughs> this was like a local suburb, you know. We were astounded, and everyone was saying, well, "Where do you play? Where's Where's the next gig? We want to come, or I want to bring mm-hmm. my sister. You know, she's she's got kids, and they really need to hear this." So, so it was instant. It was like a spark. We never Tinder. Yeah, we we never thought that you know this was going to be our our business. Uh, you know, it was we still don't even think like that. It was, it's it's kind of our baby, <laughs> you know? uh-huh. and and it belongs to the whole band. Um, yeah. So the first all, the first gig the first. So that first time you, you there were just it was a ten piece, and how did you grow? Like the next. You know what was the next gig after that, and how many pieces were there? Um, the next gig was was actually Darling Harbor, which is which is a, a like kind of the Bay Area of San Francisco. Or, you know, it's it's got a, um, a lot of entertainment and shops, and it's right on the harbor. And um, we we played live, and I think it was you know Christmas time or something like that. And and um, that was to to hundreds of kids because it was it was outdoors, um, and then we soon got on to um, TV and 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 you know all all the big stadiums and 
that kind of thing. It, because it's a big band, it, it was, you know, p- people were so used to just hiring a clown or um, magician or, you know, one mm-hmm. person or, or maybe, um, you know, one person playing a backing tape and doing doing actions to the music or something like that. They they had no you know, they didn't there was no concept of a live jazz orchestra for children. And we still are, you know, the world's only working live jazz orchestra for children. It's it's amazing. But but the thing about kinder jazz is it's all original music. Um and 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 it's uh, you know that's the most wonderful thing. It's it's original. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the major challenges you faced along the way thus far? And what are some of the major rewards? I think one of the major challenges is is um, getting um, getting on you know to being taken over with television or something like that um, because. People, we we were even told. I was told that that you know this is good quality, and you know quality is wasted on a three-year-old. They don't know the difference. Um, and and I I strongly disagreed. We were told you know if if you went down to a trio or a duo, you it actually makes some money. And mm-hmm. and that wasn't that wasn't our goal. This this was something that we were giving to the world. You know. Um, and and we wanted all all the horns, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 we knew you know, keeping it acoustic was important. I, I didn't I didn't know why at the time, but I had this real strong instinct to keep it acoustic uh, for children. Um, I wanted them to hear that that whatever they they heard came from someone's heart, someone's soul, you know, mm-hmm. someone's someone's mind. Um, we didn't want it processed. We didn't want it synthesized in any way. And then one day, um, there was a little boy, a six-year-old, who had come to the museum in Sydney, the Powerhouse Museum, and and um, he wasn't even coming to the concert. We were doing a concert there, and and we'd sold out. And, and wow. he, he came in just at the. He came in with his parents, and he was obviously autistic. He had a huge fish dictionary that he was holding like a blankie that he wouldn't let go of he um he he didn't have any eye contact his head was to one side mm-hmm. um and um he, i i told his mum look he can stay you know if he want he wants to you know i'll i pulled up some chairs for them and um he, her mum the mum said oh no he hates music like it, he hates any loud you know sounds He'll mm. start screaming, and I said, "Oh, look, there'll be lots of kids screaming here. <laughs> usually, um, you know, because they because they love the band. There's a lot of noise, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and there's a mosh pit and everything. And 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 I said, if he gets scared, you can just take him out. You know, it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. And so they stayed, and and the music started. He he gave his dad a fish dictionary, which he'd never wow. done in his life, and he stood. Right next to the drummer, <laughs> I'm thinking, oh no, <laughs> we're gonna have some screaming. Hello, for one hour. Can you hear me? Yeah, we lost you for a second. You said you were afraid there would be some screaming, but what happened? Um, he he went and stood next to the drummer, and he didn't move for one wow. hour. 
of the show. And after the hour, um, he, I, I looked over from the piano, and and his dad was crying. He was sobbing. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, someone said something to him, or someone's, you know, he's misunderstood, or something's happened. So I ran over, and when I, when I did, um, he pulled a a conga player who's his name's Ikoa Criff. He's he's an amazing Latin percussionist, and he pulled his shirt down and to his level, me and David the six, and and he um, he said, when you play the drums, it makes me happy. Uh, and those are the first words he had ever spoken because he was mute. Oh my God, that's just a heartrending story. And and in that one hour, and he was able to speak. Wow! And from that moment on, I was determined that we were going to keep that acoustic sound. And we were going to keep it a big band because this was really important. This is some, there was something magical about it. But that you know, we I mean we've we've got fMRIs and and EEG scans and and we can actually track this now. It's not uh-huh. just you know um, something that that we you know every every music teacher knows. That music is important, and and it, and it changes the structure of the way. We just know that, but now right. that, you know we've got all this technology. We can actually scan this and track it, and 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 it's proving what what every music teacher already knows that music is so important. It's part of, a, of being human. Mm, exactly. And, and you, if you deny, um, you know, I I really believe that music should be part of our education. Um, regardless, every single child that goes to school needs to learn to sing, and they need to learn an instrument mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as part of their education. It's got nothing to do with whether they're talented or not. It's to do with being able to express mm-hmm. things without words, Ex- well, being able to express their emotions, to engage. You know, it, through sound, it's how we know. That where every atom is in the universe, our, you know, our entire bodies know where it is. That's how we don't bump into each other. Um, mm-hmm. This is how we walk, we, how we talk. Like every, music is so intrinsically a part of being human. It is, and we, it is. you know, yeah. educators think that it's the frill. You know, it's the first thing to be cut at ed- every it is. budget it constraint. Is. It is every time the there's a, every time there's concerns with the you know, budget, then they get rid of the arts first. But it's the arts that actually keep us healthy, mm-hmm. and 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 it is a health issue because we're 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 not so healthy anymore. That's true. Well, Chris, you know, so I the, want to go the back. Food... To the, I want to go back to the boy and the autistic boy and your this understanding you had about the magic of music and the way your band is reaching people kids at this deeper level um is that did you start to work spe- more specifically with autistic children or to put it out the word in the autistic c- community that this music was you know could reach people shortly after that um we we got um contacted well i got contacted by the city of sydney and um the mayor of sydney at the time um had started uh the Lord Mayor's picnic, and the Lord Mayor of Sydney um, 
at the moment it's clover more but um you know all those years ago um for i think almost um 20 years ago um they started the lord mayor's picnic and it's a picnic for 1000 special needs kids and their families at the time it was 200 you know kids and their families and they mm-hmm. used to come to the the botanical gardens which is like the major park in in on the harbor and they would set that up like fairyland on New Year's Eve um, from 5 o'clock till 9 o'clock up to the 9 o'clock fireworks. And Kinder Jazz was, was booked to play at this this um, venue, this really mm-hmm. special venue um, for these kids. And, and we've been doing that for 14 years. This is our 14th year wow. of doing the Lord Mayor's Picnic. And and on New Year's Eve, and and my kids used to actually come to it when they were they were younger, and they used to think that that's what you do on New Year's Eve. <laughs> and, and we used to have you know all this entertainment for children, and then we used to traipse down to the water and literally see the fireworks lit in front of our eyes. It was just the most magical experience ever. That's amazing. Um, so are you doing is, that again this New Year's Eve? Yes, yes, we are. So and and next year, um, it's it's you know all these people volunteer like the scouts and and um, there there are bikies that bring their bikes and and it's just having that live experience for children that one night of the year where where parents don't have to do anything they can and the parents and the siblings can come because often we we forget that you know. Um, when when one person's in need in the family, if if someone gets sick or whatever, the the siblings often miss out mm. because all the focus and attention is on that one child. Yes. And so so it's it's a family experience, and they come and they're looked after, and 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 they're entertained, um, and everything is live. You know, they've got the best of the best. Um, and and they get to see the fireworks um, in the botanical gardens in a safe um, place. You know, it's literally outside Government House on the harbour, and it's, it's just so beautiful. Well, it sounds amazing. It really is. We're su- it's it's such a privilege to do it because the, you know you you get up up close and personal with these kids and and whether they're in wheelchairs or or you know if they're deaf they they're actually in the mosh pit dancing to the music singing singing their hearts out and this is this is why I really want to take take it that one step further and, and actually you know create a, a special needs choir for children because they yeah, need tell- to sing I saw that in your bio that you're going to be doing that. Talk about that, please. I want I want to um, give these children an experience of of, of music education. I guess um, learning learning you know quality music, learning to sing um, in a choir. Um, you know, adults know how wonderful it is to sing in a choir. Um, you know, there are all these even senior choirs. That are starting mm-hmm. up and and, and the women's choirs it's just it's such a healing, wonderful, you know, joyful thing to to experience and and I think well there shouldn't be any barrier to singing, mm-hmm. 
and and I've heard these kids' voices, and they sing their hearts out, you know. Um, they really do, and I and I want to have that resource for them once a week, where they can come and and sing, and and be taught, you know, musical concepts, and 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 be. Um, what I want to do is collaborate with other choirs. We have a, a most amazing choir called the Outback Choir, and it's called Murabilla Choir. Mm-hmm. And and um, it's run by Michelle Leonard, the fabulous Michelle Leonard, and and she went out. She's she's a music educator just like me. She went out, I think, four thousand, you know, or five thousand miles around New South Wales, the state of New South Wales, and um, picked up and auditioned a choir of two hundred, almost two hundred kids. Wow. Um, I think she's got ninety-five girls and. 75 boys mm-hmm. um primary school so up to like 10 or 11 or 12 years old and and um she's she's done these you know two week or 10 day camps and she funds it all so they don't have to pay anything um she gets it all funded um and they've just done an ABC's just done a documentary on it so everyone knows about it but but uh, what I want to do is bring bring about 50 of those kids to um, the Botanical Gardens for the Lord Mayor's Picnic next year mm-hmm. in 2016 and and join with my choir. And those kids have never seen the city. They've never seen the beach. Um, they've never seen fireworks. So so it's it's giving them an, you know that special experience. A lot of the kids are indigenous, um, mm-hmm. so they've got a different culture to to you know the city. And and uh, yeah, it's it's just giving those outback kids. Um, who who are in need, uh, you know, something special, and and but I think you know every child, it's got nothing to do with whether they've got special needs. Um, the special needs choir is not just for special needs; it's going to be for siblings as well as mm. as, as the special needs kids. So so it's it's a collaboration really. And and what I want to do is I want to commission a piece in an Aboriginal language. A song for them to sing, and next year is the 200th birthday of the Botanical Gardens, so it's a really lovely, you know, event for them to be involved in. Yeah, that would be a great occasion for that song. Yes, yes. And what I want to do is give that song to every primary school in Australia, so they can learn learn something in an Aboriginal language which they don't necessarily know. Um, Aboriginal languages aren't taught. Um, there are about 70 Aboriginal languages, and they're not taught at wow. all in schools. Um, we don't, you know, it's it's such a foreign thing, even though they were here first. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so so it's a little, and and kids need to sing in all different languages. I I, I think it's really great. You know, we, um, go back to that. Um, you know, in order to learn. They need a strong oral foundation, and and it that's comprised of three experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to be given an ample time to organise and assimilate those experiences, you know, um, in an emotional co- component, and 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 the emotional component is obviously music. Right. You know, every got emotions, and that's that's how children learn. It's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with the IQ. I've and actually had kids who who had you know really really low IQs, um, obviously because something's happened you know in the third trimester or 
or something and and um you know the, their brains been able to grow and we 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 know that the brains it's called brain plasticity mm-hmm. um the brain's not not static you know it doesn't stay the same it, it's growing all the time and in fact it's either growing or it's deteriorating you know it doesn't stay the same nothing stays the same and and we've right. got to actually you know stimulate their brains and grow them and the best 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 thing is music and where do you see your work and kinder jazz in five years in 10 years and in 20 years what would you what's your vision for kinder jazz and for this music we 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 want to be you know this is our seventh album the teddy bears picnic and we want to actually um you know introduce kids to more and more um live music we 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 would love to have a residency um somewhere we would love to be um on television i would love to have a a creative arts center um where where children can come whether they're special needs or you know whatever they are um they can come and be nurtured and 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 I, what i want to do is have educators like like teachers learn about the importance of music i want i want to actually teach teachers about music i want kinder jazz to go out into the outback um mm-hmm. you know i want i want to bring kinder jazz to to areas that that have nothing and be mm-hmm. able to nurture children's you know in that in children's minds in that way that's so cool. And have you played in other countries besides Australia? Have you come to the United States? We haven't as yet, but I think we're we're ready to. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to have you, you know, here in New York. That, 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 I, that's that's the next thing. Actually, speaking of Manhattan, um, the big our biggest um, you know area of of where where people purchase our music outside of Australia is actually New York. Um, whether it's jazz or I don't know, but but it's um, we've got this huge following in New York. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's only a matter of time, and hopefully um, we can do that next year. Well, I hope so. You know, there are a lot of parents in New York, um, even though we've become Manhattan's become a city of investment bankers and. Lawyers, I think that there's still a lot of people very interested in the arts, and a lot of parents who get it that mu- how important music is for kids. I have three daughters. I, you know, I told you before the show started. Um, all of them, I started them with piano around age three or four, and uh, mm. I just think it's so important. It helps with reading. It helps with language. It helps with everything, and it does help them with learning self-discipline and that. If they practice often and daily and regularly, they'll get better. And if they don't practice, they won't get better. Um, I yes. think it's, it's, it's good uh, on so many levels. It really, really is. And, and what I, I would like is, is for every child to have that experience, not have it as, oh, yes, as an extra and, and, you know, you have to do this outside of school. Um, you know, it really should be just a normal part of education. And we would grow a better society. They would make more informed choices because they would be inspired rather than having you know parents having to motivate them all the time. Mhm. I agree. Well, what are some of the obstacles that you and Kinder Jazz have faced 
and how have you overcome them? I think it's very, you know, it's it's a real challenge keeping a band together for this this length of time. Um, the way I've done it is is um, we're very we share everything, you know. Um, when I'm I'm very open with with all the musicians, they know our situation, they know um, what we want, you know, they know our vision. Um, all of the musicians have their own bands. So when they come together for kinder jazz, it's like a super band. Mm. You know, um, they only come together for kinder jazz, which is just amazing. And mm-hmm. and they, they love it. They absolutely love it because they know that this is something that's important. This is something that's a legacy that they're, they're giving, you know, the next generation. Um, mm-hmm. we, we went to school once and... and um, the trumpet player Al Davy, you know, held up his trumpet and and, and um, you know one of the singers was saying, "What what instrument is that?" And this was these are kids up to ten and eleven, twelve years old, in the audience, and they didn't know because mm. they'd never seen a trumpet before. So we we forget, like you know, because of the lack of live music. Um, you know, if you're in the cities, you get live music, but but anywhere outside the city, there's nothing. And and 90% of primary schools in Australia don't have any live music. 90%. Wow. Wow. So this generation doesn't grow up singing. It doesn't grow up exposed to music, and 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 it's amazing, to, you know, to think about that because at a touch of a button, we've got everything. We've got YouTube. You know, we I there's so much music that's accessible, but because they don't know, they've never been exposed to real music, that live music where where they actually they can see what you know what instrument is playing. If if they were hearing it, they don't associate with with you know an instrument because mm-hmm. they they don't know what it is. And and yeah, so it's a different experience for them. We we just assume, you know, if we hear saxophone or something, we, we know what that is. We even know the vocabulary of it. But they mm-hmm. don't have that. They don't have it. Well, you have to expose children. So tell us, we have about five minutes left, so tell us what you have coming up um, and where people can find out more about you and Kinder Jazz. Kinder Jazz is, is, has a website called kinderjazz.com. K-I-N-D-E-R-J-A-Z-Z dot com. It's not just for kindergarten children. It's it's for primary school children and children who are starting to learn their instrument. Um, it, and for grandparents, it's for parents. Um, it doesn't really have um, a boundary. It's not just children's music. It's with, not boring you know, like the, children's music, like usual children's music. It's what you're telling us. It's lively and thing, engaging. The, it's it's not um, restricted in any way, you know. It's it's all the instruments, all the different key signatures. Um, it, it's like you know, you wouldn't bring out books for children in just blue and yellow, and say, oh, "I'm sorry, they can't see red or green or purple," um, mm-hmm. because that's too complicated. Um, it, it's complex. It's 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 really sophisticated music. Um, and children need sophisticated music. They need they need that challenge. It challenges them to listen to it because you know it's and you know they're singing the songs. It's memory. It's attention span. It's everything that they need as as their brains are growing. Um, 
you can also hear music on Kinderjazz music on iTunes and Amazon, CD Baby. Just just Google Kinderjazz and and you'll you'll find find us somewhere on on the internet. Um, we, we've got seven albums, and every single album is different. It's still bad, but uh-huh. but but we 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 introduce something different. Um, for one of the CDs, we we had a trombone choir, six trombones, and the harmony between those those bones are just amazing um, to listen to. Um, one of the one another CD was you know lots of fairy tales. Which has which has been done before, but never in in with a jazz orchestra, and and the original songs. So it's not something that you've heard before. Um, it it's really fresh and and wonderful. And the other thing is, um, we we had a um, classical tuba player come in to Kinder Jazz, and and we put him in with Ico, who's who's an intuitive Latin percussionist who doesn't read music. And and the two of them had to communicate in a recording studio um, on a piece, and and what comes out is just amazing. It, it just shows you how how strong a communication tool music really is. Um, they were able to find common ground and and play together, and and you know um, all those barriers just fell off, and, so and that- you can hear it in the music. So that's cool. That's amazing that they could communicate and create something beautiful. So Kinder Jazz, K-I-N-D-E-R-J-A-Z-Z dot com, will have um, the information about you and about your band, and people can find you on iTunes and Amazon CD Baby. And um, any last words? We have about a minute and a half left. I I think, you know, the Kinder Jazz um, discs, the music, is the recorded music is just a sample of our live performances and 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 I urge parents you know if you've even got a ten year old who who's kind of listening to rap and 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 um stuff that you um may not want them to listen to i mean there's really good rap, but not all of it is good and 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 as parents, we need to be the gatekeepers we need to be vigilant about what our children are listening to because listening is much more important than seeing. Um, it's through through listening we 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 have we assimilate so many things. Um, and, well, Christabel, and, Christabel, thank you so much for being on the show. You were amazing. I really appreciate you coming on and for coming on so early for you know in Sydney. So thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tracy. It's been a real pleasure. Okay, bye-bye. So I urge my listeners to go to kinderjazz.com and um, and to listen to Kinder Jazz, and that was the amazing and wonderful Christabel. So please join us next week. We have uh, singer-songwriter Madeline Victoria on, and um, have a wonderful holiday season. Take care. This has been Tracy L. Slatten on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.